Hi, welcome to the Freehoff Institute of Progressive Halakha. I am Rabbi Mark Wachowski with the 12-minute shiur number 31, Adlo Yada. Really? We're going to be working from a source sheet that you can download at our website, www.freehoffinstitute.org learning, and then scroll down to the 12-minute shiur. It's one of the strangest texts in all of rabbinic literature. Strange because the rabbis, as we know, usually stress seriousness and self-control, attention upon fulfilling the mitzvot. And yet here it is, Bavli Megillah 7b, lines 8 and 13 on the source sheet. Amar Rava, Michayav inish levasome befuraya, adelayada ben arur haman levaruch Mordechai. Rava said, one is obligated to become intoxicated with wine on Purim to the point that one cannot tell the difference between cursed be Haman and blessed be Mordechai. Yeah, the literal meaning of this statement is that we're required to get drunk on Purim to the point that we can't tell the difference between the villain and the hero. In other words, really drunk, wasted. Now, some will tell you that the word highlighted in red, levasome, doesn't necessarily mean to get intoxicated, but merely, you know, to relax, get mellow. But that's not how Rashi understands it. Look at lines 21 and 22. The word means lehishtaker, to become shikur, to get drunk, and in this case, stinking drunk. I mean, look at the story that follows on the page immediately after Rava's statement, Lines 9 and 15. Rabba and Rabbi Zerah made a Purim feast together. They became intoxicated, and Rabba cut Rabbi Zerah's throat. The next day, he prayed for him and resurrected him. The next year, Rabba said to him, Hey, come on, let's make the Purim feast together. And Rabbi Zerah replied, Miracles don't happen every day. Well, okay, as you can imagine, there is much traditional commentary on this, uh, to say the least, unusual text. And we can't possibly survey it all in 12 minutes. If, if you can handle the Hebrew, either of the two articles we cite in lines 1 through 4 offers a much more comprehensive look. What we want to do here is simply to note some of the ways in which the halachic tradition has tried to interpret this seemingly halachic statement so that it becomes a little less unusual. The first comment on lines 28 and 31 is by Rabbi Zerachia Halevi, author of Sefer HaMa'or, a 12th century work appended to the halachot of the great Rabbi Yitzchak Alfasi. The Ma'or quotes a Rabbeinu Ephraim, who was a student and colleague of Alfasi and a leading halachic authority in his own right. Rabbeinu Ephraim does a bit of what academic scholars call redaction criticism. He suggests that the Talmud places the story of Rabbah and Rabbi Zerah, you know, that slaughter and resurrection thing, immediately after Rabbah's dictum about getting drunk on Purim as a warning signal to tell us, late hilchata kivate, the halacha does not follow that dictum. In, in other words, Rava's weird requirement does not represent official rabbinic policy. Meanwhile, Rambam takes another approach. We're on lines 36 through 41. Vishote yayin ad 
One is to drink wine on Purim to the point that one becomes intoxicated and falls asleep in one's intoxication. So Rambam accepts Rava's statement as halakha, you do have to get drunk, but perhaps thinking here about that unfortunate story of Rabba and Rabbi Zera, he cautions that we keep it all within the bounds of reason and safety. Still, we might ask, what does sleeping have to do with that cursed be Haman and blessed be Mordechai stuff? We'll come back to this later. Next up is Rabbi Eliezer ben Yoel Halevi, the Ravya, a 12th century Ashkenazic posek. We're on lines 46 through 50. He suggests that Rava's rule about getting drunk is a mitzvah ba'alma, a good practice, something that's meritorious if you want to do it, but it's not an ikuv, it's not an absolute requirement. Well, that's nice. But remember that Rava uses the word michayav, which conveys the sense of chiyuv, or obligation. What's going on here? Apparently, the Ravya is just a bit squeamish about the literal meaning of that word, so he rejects it in favor of a reading that supports a more palatable outcome. That squeamishness becomes explicit in the comments of two Provencal scholars. Rabbi Menachem HaMeiri, lines 55 through 64, is quite clear that no matter what Rava says in the Talmud, Mikol makom ein anu mitzuvin We are not commanded to get drunk and degrade ourselves in our rejoicing, for we were not commanded to rejoice with wild celebration and foolishness. Rather, we're commanded to experience the joy of delight that will bring us to the love of God and to gratitude for the miracles that God has performed for us. The Meiri rejects the literal understanding of Rava's statement as, as simply unbecoming of good Jews, and he refers back to the idea broached by Rabbeinu Ephraim that the Rabba and Rabbi Zera story is the Talmud's way of telling us not to follow Rava. Along these same lines, Sefer Orchot Chaim, lines 70 through 78, tells us that Rava's word levasome does not mean lehishtaker, as Rashi says it does. It can't mean that because drunkenness is an absolute prohibition, a sin that leads to worse sins. I mean, look at, look at what Rava did to Rabbi Zerah. Rather, the word can only mean that one should drink a bit more on Purim than one usually does, so as to relax and focus upon mitzvot that bring, a, that bring about true simcha. Again, that's a lovely idea, but it's not what Rava literally says in Megillah 7b. Meanwhile, in Spain, the 14th century liturgical authority Sefer Abu Darham informs us, lines 83 through 90, that there are two possible interpretations of Rava's statement. One is the literal reading, meaning it's a mitzvah to get so drunk that you can't tell the difference between Haman and Mordechai. And the other is based upon the interesting fact that the two phrases, Arul Haman and Baruch Mordechai, add up to the same number in Gematria, which suggests that, well, maybe you only have to get slightly buzzed on Purim, you know, to the point that you can't do the math properly. Hmm, buzzed? I think I'd have that problem cold sober. 
Uh, At any rate, in the Shulchan Aruch, beginning on lines 94 and 98, Rabbi Yosef Karo repeats Rava's dictum verbatim. One is obligated to become, well, very, very drunk on Purim. But meanwhile, the Ramah, Rabbi Moshe Iserlis, refers back to Rambam's interpretation of that statement, you only have to drink enough to fall asleep. And ask for the question we asked earlier, what does falling asleep have to do with blessing and cursing? Ramah adds the explanation on line 95, line 101, for when one is asleep, one cannot tell the difference between cursed be Haman and blessed be Mordechai. Again, not a literal translation of Rava's dictum, which tells us we're obligated to get drunk, really drunk, but it's an effort to capture the spirit of that difficult statement while avoiding the uncomfortable implications of its letter. Ramah concludes this section by quoting a well-known Mishnaic saying, Ve'achad hamal ve'achad hamam it whether one does much or little, the important thing is that one's intention is toward heaven. In other words, you don't have to drink yourself silly. A little bit is okay as long as your heart is in the right place. And finally, there's the Chaye Adam, the popular guide to ritual practice by Rabbi Avraham Danzig, who lived in the 18th and early 19th century. The passage begins on line 109. He reminds us that he reminds us just why intoxicating beverages are so important on Purim. Uh, just consider the major role played by wine in Megillat Esther. But he also points out that the so-called obligation to drink to excess must coexist with other ongoing obligations and mitzvot, including the obligations to pray with kavanah and including the general prohibition against kalut rosh, acting foolishly, behaving improperly, with excessive levity. Now, if drunkenness would, have, would interfere with these other mitzvot, and the implication here is quite obviously that it would, then, says Danzig, mutav shelo yishtaker. It's better that you don't get drunk. After all, channeling Israelis at the end, v'chol ma'asav yu l'shem shemayim, all one's actions should be for the sake of heaven. And bottom line, that's the point. The fate of Rava's rule that we must get drunk on Purim demonstrates that every halachic rule exists alongside other rules and obligations, that no halachic rule exists on its own, because every rule operates within a web of other rules and is interpreted in light of the cultural, social, and ethical values that halachic scholars bring to it. It is those other obligations and values that determine just what any particular rule means in Jewish life, which, when you think about it, is the core message of progressive halacha. That's certainly the way that we insist upon reading and understanding and applying the rules of Jewish law. Anyway, Chag Purim Sameach, be happy, but please be careful out there. 
This has been the 12-minute shiur number 31 from the Freehoff Institute of Progressive Halakha. Thanks for learning with us. Lehitraot.